Joshua chapter 7. The children of Israel committed a trespass in the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things. Therefore Yahweh's anger burned against the children of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the land. The men went up and spied out Ai. They returned to Joshua and said to him, Don't, don't let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and strike Ai. Don't make all the people toil there, for there are only a few of them. So about three thousand men of the people went up there, and they fled before the men of Ai. The men of Ai struck down about 36 men. They chased from before them, from before the gate even to Shebarim, and struck them at the descent. The hearts of the people melted and became like water. Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before Yahweh's ark until the evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. Joshua said, Alas, Lord Yahweh, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to cause us to perish. I wish that we had been content and lived beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say, after Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it, and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. What will you do for your great name? Yahweh said to Joshua, Get up! Why have you fallen on your face like that? Israel has sinned. Yes, they have even transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. Yes, they have even taken some of the devoted things and have also stolen and also deceived. They have even put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their back before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up, sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, for Yahweh the God of Israel says, There is a devoted thing among you, Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. It shall be that the tribe which Yahweh selects shall come near by families. The family which Yahweh selects shall come near by households. The household which Yahweh selects shall come near man by man. It shall be that he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed Yahweh's covenant and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel near by their tribes. The tribe of Judah was selected. He brought near the family of Judah, and he selected the family of the Zerahites. He brought near the family of the Zerahites man by man, and Zabdi was selected. He brought near his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, was selected. Joshua said to Achan, My son, please give glory to Yahweh, the God of Israel, and make confession to him. Tell me now what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan answered Joshua and said, I have truly sinned against Yahweh, the God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the plunder a beautiful Babylonian robe, 200 shekels of silver, 
and a wedge of gold weighing fifty shekels, and I coveted them and took them. Behold, they are hidden in the ground in the middle of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. Behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver under it. They took them from the middle of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel. They laid them down before Yahweh. Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his cattle, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? Yahweh will trouble you today. All Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that remains there to this day. Yahweh turned from the fierceness of his anger, and the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor to this day. The book of Joshua is all about overcoming, overcoming sin, defeating strongholds. So obviously, on a historical level, the children of Israel were going in and conquering and tearing down strongholds. God was with them. But it's a picture about our own lives. We each have strongholds. We have things that must be torn down and must be overcome. If we don't follow the Lord's plan, we're not successful. And so this is what happened at Ai. We've just read the story of how this, this town or the city was, was small. Compared to Jericho, it didn't have a lot of people. And the spies came back and said, we don't need to send up a big army here. It's an easy one. <laughs> so presumption right there. They didn't, it seems like, it's hard to know for sure, but it seems like Joshua didn't seek the Lord. Because uh, even though we don't know whether he did or didn't seek the Lord all the way through the book in most cases, it seems like they just presumed, oh, this is an easy one. Let's not even send up the whole army. Let's just send up a group. And they were defeated. So then Joshua's all upset. And the Lord says, get up. You know, you've sinned. It wasn't him personally, but the people have sinned. You've touched the devoted thing. And you remember in the last chapter, the Lord had said that everything in Jericho was devoted. No one was to take any of it. And that's one of the most interesting things about this conquest was that there were several cities that they just completely destroyed. Normally, an ancient army that attacks wouldn't destroy a city like that. It, it has happened at other times in history, like when the Romans destroyed Jerusalem completely. Now, they were just fed up. They wanted the walls down. They, wanted just, they didn't want to leave a single stone standing on another. That was a unique circumstance. But normally, when an army attacks, they want to preserve things. They want to keep the cattle for themselves. They want to keep the grain. It's a source of food. They want to keep the city with its walls, or if they do smash down a bit to get in, they want to preserve it. So it's, it's a good city. It's like in Navy battles. You don't want to sink every enemy boat. You want to capture the boat so you've got more boats. And so this complete destruction of every man, every woman, every child, all the sheep, all the cattle, the donkey, burn all the grain, it's, it doesn't make sense except that God said to do it. The Lord said it was devoted. And what we've got here is a picture of first fruits. So all the way in back in you know Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, we would, we read several times about first fruits, where when they were in the land and they were growing crops, the first fruits belonged to the Lord. It was devoted. It was His. They had to give God the first fruits, and then the rest was theirs. And we find that in this um, 
in the conquest of Canaan, a lot of the cities that they conquered, they didn't destroy. But they did destroy three completely. There were three that they raised to the ground, and Jericho was the first because it was the first fruits. It was devoted. And it seems like the city of Ai would also, was also completely destroyed. We'll talk about that in the next chapter. Um, it seems like that was because they didn't do Jericho properly. Now they had to do this one properly as well. And there was a third city which um, later on. And um, if we don't follow the Lord's plan, we will get into trouble. And this is exactly what happened. The city was supposed to be devoted, but this man, Achan, he took some of the devoted things and kept them for himself. Now, uh, what are these devoted things? <laughs> I think we could probably make a whole video about this. But devoted things are things which the Lord says are his, things which belong to him. And if they belong to him, you shouldn't touch them. Now, the tithe is one of those. And in the book of Malachi, it says that um, he, he said, you know, people ask the Lord the question, how are we robbing you? And the Lord says, you've robbed me in, because you've taken the tithes. You haven't given me the tithes. It belongs to me. And he says, therefore, you and the whole nation, you're under a curse. That's an example right there in tithing. And um, it's not really a subject for today, but there are certain things that the Lord says are holy. And when the Lord says things are holy, that means they're his. And we shouldn't take his things for our own benefit. Sometimes, and the Lord, of course, says that his people are holy. We're his holy people. Sometimes you meet pastors who they see their, their position as a position of advantage where they think they can fleece God's sheep for their own personal benefit. So now they're actually touching the devoted thing. The sheep, God's people, it's his wife. Can you imagine, you know, the Lord's wife committing adultery with the Lord's wife? Well, how angry would the Lord be? How jealous would he be? Well, that's the Lord's devoted thing, his people. And as pastors, you know, I'm a pastor and others are pastors. We've got to look at God's people as as belonging to him and we serve them we teach them and we love them and we don't take we don't use them for our own advantage but we serve the lord and when we do serve the lord the lord blesses us far more so we have the consequences of this type of scenario right here in joshua chapter 7 Achan takes of the devoted thing which the lord had said in the previous chapter to not take of the devoted thing you would remember we read that in chapter 6 I did some quick sums. He took a Babylonian coat. He took a, a lump of silver and a lump of gold. I worked out that the lump of gold was worth 36,000 American dollars, about 50,000 Australian dollars. So it was, you know, a substantial piece of wealth. And he hid it in the floor of his tent, which apparently was a common place people would keep things back then. And uh, But it caused the sin of one man caused the entire nation to be undermined. And um, so in the end, he was destroyed. And we, we read that with our, modern, with our modern minds and we think, wow, this one guy, like, he just messed up and he was completely punished and destroyed and, and even his children were destroyed and it just seems unfair. But it, the Lord knew that it needed to be done like that. Sometimes we don't understand all of his reasons. But I, I think about it and I think about this. It, it's an illustration of what it's really like. For example, if I, if I was to decide to do something really dumb um, 
that is going to affect my children. Uh, if I decide to, you know, and there are there are people in the world who have done things and it's affected their family for generations. Their choices do affect. You think about Adam and Eve. Adam commits sin, and the result of his choice is all of us are going to die. All of us struggle with sin. It's not. It doesn't seem fair, but that's the reality of how things are. We're all connected to one another. But you think of Jesus as well. Jesus' life, it's, it's available to you. Now, that's not fair either. That's grace. But that's, you can put yourself in into Christ and you can receive the forgiveness of sins through grace. So that's also not fair. And so even though the story seems unfair to us, it's an indication spiritually of how things actually are. That when we make decisions and we do things in our lives, they don't just affect us. They affect others around us. They affect our family. They affect our friends. They affect the church that we belong to. You think of you know some of these priests that have done the wrong thing, um, Catholic and Anglican priests and other ministers of different denominations. And then in Australia, there's been this national inquiry to sort out child abuse. Well, that those sins which they thought were being committed in private and they thought weren't really affecting too many people, they have affected the whole body of Christ so that the Lord has a bad image and the Lord has a bad reputation. And it can be hard sharing the gospel with people who have been affected by those things. So even things that people think they do in secret or that no one knows about or even their people's own personal private struggles, they affect others. They affect your future. They affect your children's future. Your children have no choice over the things that you, you choose. They have no say over it, but your choices affect them. This is how the world works. And so a passage like this, as sad as it is, it's a stark reminder that we need to walk with the Lord and choose right. We shouldn't touch the devoted thing. We should ourselves be devoted to the Lord. We need to, to find grace. And in the same way that life flows through Christ to others, life will flow through you to your children and to, and to those around you if you truly walk with the Lord. So Father, help us. Help us to walk with the Lord. Help us to not be like Achan, Lord, who through his own foolish choices, Lord, the lives of 36 men were lost in battle and also the lives of all his own family. And Lord, I just pray that we would be people of righteousness. Give us grace, I pray, to walk with you and to know you and to find you in all things, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.